coastal it is signed given to us by God. In the book of Daniel, we read of some of the children of Israel who were captive by Babylon in the reign of Babylon King Nebuchadnezzar. Among the captives of the three Hebrew children, now their names originally were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The three had their names changed to Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego by the prince of the Enoch's. Subsequently, they were promoted to positions in the Babylon government. Amen? There came a day in which King Nebuchadnezzar had erected a and held a public ceremony to honor the image of the king he went out to the decree of the king to everyone to fall down and worship the image when, they, when the music played. The three Hebrew children refused to do so and were brought before the king for disobeying the king's commandments. Do not always to obey man's law. We need to obey God's law. Amen? Amen. The king gave them another chance and said unto them, in Daniel 3 and 13, then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not, do not ye serve my gods, worship the golden image which I set up. Now, if ye be ready, that what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the set but the poultry, the dulcimer, and murm, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, if you if not worship, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour to the midst of the burning furnace. And who is that God? that shall deliver you out of my hands. Now I think everything may have been going fine but King Nebuchadnezzar until he got to that point where he said and who is that God that's going to deliver you out of my hands. That was an era of caused great circumstances. My God, if you are ready to challenge him, he is always ready for a challenge. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. amen. It's like in this corner we have name your contestants. And in this corner, we have God. I'm here to tell you right now tonight, there is no competition. Amen. My God is able, amen, to meet any challenge that you put before him. Amen. amen. And if you're going to, King Nebuchadnezzar, he challenged God straight up. In other words, he got God's attention. Amen. 
Not that God is not always listening to us, but he is always listening and he's always watching. But if you really want to get his attention, you put him up to a challenge. And King Nebuchadnezzar that night, that day, he did just that. He said, okay, King, I'm going to show you something that you ain't never seen before. You go right ahead and throw my children into the furnace, into that fiery furnace. Amen? And I'm going to show you something that you have never seen before. Now, not only are you not to mess with God, you are not to mess with the people of God. And you are not to violate and mess with the things of God. And we got several stories tonight that we're going to go through, and we're going to see what happens when people take it upon themselves to take God for granted. And I think there are times when we do take God for granted. Amen? Praise God. The Philistine army was the a thorn in the side, if it may be, to the children of Israel of old. They fought them continuously. God had prepared for them the Ark of the Covenant to go before them. Amen. To as long as they went and took the Ark of the Covenant went before them and they recognized the God that was in, that was the representation of the Ark of the Covenant, they never lost a battle. People were feared of these strange people that came out of this land of Egypt carrying this Ark of the Covenants and it went before them. But what happened as so many times today, God can continually bless us and bless us and bless us and continually to bless us and bless us and keep on winning our battles until we get it. We come to an attitude with, about God that He is our Santa Claus, that He is going to be there just because we ask him to be there, but not having our hearts right. Amen? We've taken God to a place sometimes where we just put him on the, make him a little plastic Jesus and put him on the uh, dashboard of our car. And that's all there is to it. He's just a symbol And then we come to church on Sunday. And then that's where he is our God. He's our God for about two and a half hours on a Sunday morning. And then we come back on a Wednesday night. And he is our God and again for about another hour and a half or so on a Wednesday night. God needs to be your God also, not only on Sundays and on Wednesdays, but God needs to be your God on Monday. Amen. Can I get somebody to say amen? Somebody to agree with me tonight. God needs to be your God on Monday. Amen. God needs to be your God on Tuesday. Amen. amen. He needs to be your God on Thursday. 
Amen. He needs to be your God on Friday. He needs to be your God on Saturday. He needs, when you walk out of here tonight, he still needs to be your God. Amen. He should not be your God just when you get into trouble. Amen. When you look around and you go, oh, me, oh, my. Why did I get myself in this mess? And we turn to God like he's some kind of soothsayer and say, oh, help me out on this. God is not that kind of God tonight. Amen? God is a God that he deserves, amen, to be recognized as a God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Amen? Praise God, praise God. But the children of Israel, they took the Ark of the Covenant as a trinket. Their lives were not right. They were not living right for God. They had taken God and put him to the side. And then they got into a battle with the Philistines. So the first thing they thought is, well, we're just going to take this trinket out that we've always used before and put it before us in the battle. And it was up to a bad surprise. They lost the battle to the Philistines. And not only that, did they lose the battle to the Philistines, but the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant. If you don't live your life right for God, I'm here to tell you tonight, you will lose the presence of God out of your life. Amen? Another story in the Bible talks about Samson. God was with him. All he had to do was just encourage himself whenever he needed the strength in his body to go out and to destroy and win the battle against the Philistines. But he let his life start going down a slippery slope. And he kept on letting his life go down the slippery slope until I think the saddest thing the words that are written in the Bible about Samson was this. He did not know that God had left him. The spirit of the Lord pulled itself away from him. And the Bible says he knew not that the spirit of the Lord had left him. What a sad situation to find yourself in when you come to church just to come to church. But you don't come to church to have church. You don't come to church to worship God. Amen. And you look around one day and you wonder why your life is in shambles and you don't realize that God has left you to your own demise. And the first thing you look around is you want now God to come to your rescue. Amen? Now we do serve a merciful God, but we don't serve a God that should be used as a trinket. Amen? Praise God. Amen? Praise God. There are others in the Bible that have misused God's strength 
We can look at the um, the sons of Eli, or rather, I'm saying. Matter of fact, we talk about Eli for a moment. When the Ark of the Covenant left, he was distraught. Amen. And that's a bad place for you to be with God, is distraught when God has left you. Amen. Praise God. He, he, uh, the scripture says here that the glory of God had departed in one sense, but the glory left when Israel stopped repenting and trusting God and started superficially trusting in the ark itself. Amen. The glory of God had indeed departed, but not because the ark of God had been captured. The ark had been captured because the glory had already departed. When God decides to move away from your life, it's not by accident that he left. When your walls are falling in around you, emotionally, financially, and everything seems to be going wrong in your life, it doesn't happen by accident. Amen? Praise God. We're going to look at the, uh, the two that decided that they were going to call down fire from heaven and sacrifice uh, to God as well, just like their father had. Amen? And find out what happened to them. They presented as Nehu and Abayu. They, uh, they saw their dad, who was a, a priest, go through his ceremonies and call down fire from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. Now that was their father's job. Well, they looked up and they said, well, if dad can do that, then surely we can do that. Amen? And so what they decided to do was they're going to now mimic the things that God had done for their dad. Amen? And uh, so they decided they were going to go out and they got some coals off the bird, off the furnace and they did all the ritual things that God that required of the of their dad, 
the high priest, and they put the sacrifice on the altar, and they prayed to God, and God heard them. But they made one critical error. They didn't get out of the way when the fire came down. Because the fire came down just like God had said it would, and it consumed them. Amen? Do not mess with God, and do not mess with the things of God, and don't mess with the people of God. Amen? Pharaoh of Egypt, he found out the hard way about dealing with God and the people of God. God had sent Moses in to him to give him the message. The message was very simple. You see, God does not complicate things. He said, let my people go. Now, that's not difficult to understand. Let my people go. And he became hard-hearted, hard-headed, and he has decided that he is going to buck not only the man of God, he is also going to buck God himself. And there is where he was hit with 10 different plagues. Amen. Finally, the, the fourth plague of killing the firstborn is the one that finally got his attention. Now, what's interesting is this, and I did some research on this, is that there are people today that scientists, God love them, that they want to give their interpretation of what happened that caused the sea to turn red. They said it was the clay that drifted into the water and turned the water red. And when the water turned red with the clay, then nothing could live in there and the fish died and the frogs needed something to eat and they jumped out on the land and there was nothing for them to eat so they died and caused the flies and caused the lice. And the darkness that overshowed them was the volcano that erupted that covered the sky. My God is an awesome God. Amen. Amen. What I would like for them, let's, let's just say, for example, that they believe all this came true and they believe all that. I got one final question for the scientists, and that's this. 
How did Pharaoh's army die in four feet of water? Amen? They tried to explain everything else away. It couldn't have happened that way. Amen? How did the children of Israel get from point A to point B? Amen? They crossed through the Red Sea. Amen? My God was put up to a challenge out there. Pharaoh says, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get those Israelites and I'm going to bring them back. And God had already made his mind up a long time ago and said, no, you're not. Amen? You may try your best to do what you think that you can do humanly, but I'm going to show you what I can do supernaturally. Amen? I said, do we serve a supernatural God or what? Do we serve a supernatural God or what? Yeah. Amen? Do we serve a God that is up to every challenge that's put before him? Yeah. Amen? Having the children cross the Red Sea was not even a second thought for God. Amen? All he had to do was blow his nostrils and the Red Sea departed. Amen? And let the children of Israel go through. Amen? Amen. Praise God. There was no red algae that caused the Red Sea to turn red. Amen? And the fish to die. Amen? When God said, I'm going to make it hail, he made it hail. He said, I'm going to bring some frogs. I'm going to bring some frogs. Amen. He said, I'm going to bring some flies. I'm going to bring some flies. Amen. And if you don't call, if you don't put blood on your mantle at night, your firstborn will die. Amen. Praise God. Don't mess with my God. Amen. Or don't mess with the people of God. There are some people that in the New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira. Amen? Imagine that right now. Here they are standing right here in the front. Whoever took up the offering tonight, stand there with the offering bag. Amen? And there they stand. And Peter asked, asked the husband a straight out question. Is this all you got? And he said, yeah, be careful what you say. Amen. God knows the answer. He knows whatever is on your mind and what you did before you got to church tonight. Amen. Praise God. He knows what's going through your mind right now as you're sitting there. Amen? Thinking, oh, I wish he would just shut up and just leave me alone. When he said, Ananias, is this everything that you got? You sold the land all yourself like this? Is this everything? Yes, it is. He fell dead. 
I think that something like that should happen today. We'd be having funerals every single day, three or four times a day. Amen? Amen. And not only that, they drove him out and they brought him his wife. Now you see, she had a chance to straighten up and tell the truth. But see, they were in this pack together. They had already made the pact before they even got in there. All right? So far, is this everything? Oh, yeah. And they said, you know, your husband was here earlier. Case you ever know us, he didn't come back home. No need fixing supper for him tonight. And guess what? There's no use to you preparing a meal for yourself. Because the man that is standing at the door are waiting to drag you out just like they drug out there like your husband. And she fell down just and died just like that. Amen? And let me tell you, fear will rock the land. Amen? You see, Sometimes we're not afraid of God because God's so good. Amen. 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 God is so good to us that we've lost the fear of God. Amen. Amen. We expect him every single day to wake us up. Amen. Amen. Well, I tell you what, you're going to be in a, a surprise, surprise, surprise one day when your eyes go open. Amen. 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 And you're going to figure out how, what, what, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be at work. <laughs> no, you're not. Not today. We got, God got plans for you. Amen? Praise God. He's got plans that you don't even know about. Amen? He does, he, he's got plans for you. Now, David, you know, we look at David's life, and uh, you know, we praise David. You know, David, the young shepherd boy, he slew the giant. Praise God for David, slew the giant. And he killed a bear. And he killed a lion. Amen? And he worked his way all the way up. You know, when you work your way all the way up, of course, he was chosen to be the king, but he finally, you know, he got to put the crown. You know, you don't, God may have an anointing for you, but it's going to be delayed in a while in your life. Amen? Amen? And he finally got of age and of everything with them, and he finally got the crown, and he finally became the king. Amen? And with that came a great responsibility. Amen? To see is to be over your subjects, 
over everything. Your army, your people, you're supposed to protect everything. But David, like us, we have weaknesses. And his weakness was exposed him. Now, when your weakness is exposed to you, you have a choice on how you're going to handle it. Amen? You can and Sister Nix will help you get this one right because I got it wrong before. About yielding or not yielding to sin. Amen. He had a choice to make that morning. But he let the lusts of his eyes get in the way what was right and what was wrong. Amen. And if we are not careful, we can let that happen in our life. See, that was the first step along the way. Amen? He could have ended all of that just by going back off the roof. Amen? But instead, he called his subjects and says, uh, you know, there's a woman over there and I want you to bring her to me. And they told him, she's married. That's another man's wife. Uh, but, you know, understand, I am the king. But just because you're the king doesn't give you the authority to do wrong. Amen? Just because you are a child of God does not give you the right to do wrong. Amen. And so what happened? He summons for her a male child. Notice how one step leads to another. I mean, you're doing one wrong thing, and now you're caught to do another wrong thing. So now you're going to try and cover up that wrong thing. So he says, Well, we, we, I know how to fix this. Bring your husband in from the battlefield. Send her, send him to her. Now I, I got to thinking about that. I got to thinking like, what was this guy thinking that? Why am I the favorite of the king to come in off the battlefield? You ever think about that? No, I mean he just that's what he did. But he did not recognize the fact that the guy that he brought in from the battlefield had more integrity than he did. He said, it's not right for me to go to my wife while my friends are out in the battlefield. 
I'm going to sleep at the king's door. And that's all he had. He woke up one morning. He goes, next day, he goes, that's all I got to have on my hands now is a righteous soldier. Somebody that's got more standards than me. And I'm the king. That's a sad, sad, sad thing. That in some churches in this country and all about that the saints have more integrity than the pastor. So what does he do next? Well, that plan didn't work. So now I'm going to go out and I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to send them back to the battlefield. We're going to bring in the captains and tell them to, when they get into the big battle, put him on the front line. And when the battle gets rough, draw, him, draw everybody else back and leave him by himself. Now it becomes a murder. When you get yourself in a position where you find yourself going in the wrong direction, stop. Stop. Turn around. Now there's one thing that now as he goes along and he thinks he's gotten away with everything. Now let me tell you, you think you get away with something, but God watches you. He knows that you he know you can't get away with nothing from God. Nothing. Yes. Amen. Yes. You know, let me thought in your head before it even comes out. He knows you. He made you. Yes. But he, just when you think you got away with something. David thought he got away with something. Until the man of God shows up. And that's why sometimes when the preaching comes forth over this pulpit, you sit there and you go, why is the spotlight on me today? Because the man of God is talking to you. Amen? It has got to bring you under conviction. No conviction, no change. Amen? And Nathan tells the story of the, the little lamb. You know, it's always the lamb, an innocent lamb. And about the rich man that took the poor man's lamb 
and slaughtered that lamb and told the king, now what you going to do about that king? What's your, what's your judgment on this? The king says, that scoundrel, who is he? And just like the preacher goes across over this pulpit, the man of God said, you. You're the one. Oh. It's why that's what they call a cut the Jesus moment. There's no more hiding under the bush. You've been exposed for who you really are. You are an adulterer. You're a murderer. One thing that David did that sets apart a lot of the other people in the Bible that thought they could use God in their own way and use their own strengths, their own tactics to get away with things. And that's, he repented. And that's what I think what the church needs to do. If things are not going right in your life, and everything seems to be going this way, that way, and you can't get your hand on, to be able to get a grasp on things. God is still calling us daily to repentance. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Know that he is God. Know that he is capable and he is merciful. And he is righteous. And he will forgive you your sins. Amen. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.